the value in podcasting and the value of 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 art and filmmaking and all that stuff is not in telling a story that changes the world but in telling a story that gives you a different perspective holding my head again making my way through crowded thoughts sometimes it's hard to get out of it Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind. I'm not normally like this where I make the guests sit there for hours as I do all my little intros and outros, but why not? These are the lockdown editions where I'm stuck in a little man cave and and Guy's built himself a man cave. Guy Pigden, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, Will. Uh, Great to be here. Uh, Are you enjoying... um, are you enjoying what well, two questions uh well we should i shouldn't actually bog us down here guy is and help me out here guy um you're a filmmaker you're creative you're like uh, you love technical stuff you're a bit of a camera nerd or or yep, technology geek if you like and you've um got a story of you know the struggling artists and i kind of feel like the recent version of yours like shedded that where you've embraced the um i don't know the variety of the creativity content creation yeah does it sound roughly right yeah absolutely i've become a little bit more business astute uh and i've sort of decided i've sort of given up on being a struggling artist we all want to give up on being a struggling artist but i think that i've taken some positive steps and ways to sort of navigate that and uh, make my content creation work for me and um, provide me more opportunities so um, that's sort of where I'm at I suppose love that as per usual on this podcast my dear audience I try very hard to go too deep on some things and I guess I'll push and pull us around. I've I've just been personally dab- dabbling with these ideas of bigger meaning, right? And I guess I always have been interested in that. And I filter that through guys' um, professional, you know, um, well, career and being a creative, but also like what are the things we enact when we um, get together and we do things and we tell these stories. So hopefully you enjoy this Um podcast with my guest guy pigden and i'll stop spamming everyone we'll get into this episode so yeah thanks everybody for joining bringing out the fight yeah bring on all the lightning because i'm looking for a hero look inside the mirror i find one oh carry the hurt when it gets too hard pick it up dust it off when i fall down a little get up 12 don't need nobody else yeah i can save myself all right team we're just going to jump into it uh with this week's guest guy pigden all the way from another internet connection and might i say if we put up a video snippet of this little mm-hmm. clip that we are looking swanky me and you <laughs> that's close that's right, to wanky yep. but with the nest swanky you've got a um a beautiful setup and i've tried to kind of simulate some parts of that um are you feeling the pressure guy to like raise our game since we're raising our level of um i don't know production values around this place i always feel that pressure <laughs> and i'm always looking uh, so like internally my sort of mindset is with with 
with all with filmmaking in general, but with with filming and shooting things, I'm always like, that was pretty good, but how can I? What can I do? Like, what's that one little tweak? What's that one little adjustment I can do to make it better? Mm-hmm. So you know, for people that are watching the the video side of this, and I don't know how much you've cropped me or not cropped me um, when we're sort of split screen here, but um, I've actually got quite a lot of things going on. I've got like a big front light, which is lighting me up. I've got a, a back light that's lighting up my hair. I've actually got this kind of yellow, one side blue, the other side two-tone thing going on. I've placed a little RGB light um, sort of, hidden the wall behind me so i get this kind of half and half thing going on and all of that is was you know one step at a time so first came the light in front of me um then came the sort of backlight sort of here light and then came the idea of messing about with oh how can i change the color of the wall all that sort of thing and so it was by degrees of trying to improve but i also think that like if you if you're a filmmaker right if you're a if, if you're a filmmaker or, or just a content creator um, if you look, when you sort of Skype with someone, if you podcast with someone, if you look exactly the same as they do, so it's just, you know, using your your computer speakers and your computer's, you know, inbuilt, inbuilt webcam, um, then maybe you're probably only doing half your job. Because if you say that you specialize in this sort of thing and you make it your business to know about this sort of thing, then it's also your business to be able to make it look and sound good mm. um, and to and to put some effort into that um, because, you know, if we all can just do that, then you're not, you know, you're not bringing your skill set to, to that thing. So I, I quite like the idea of trying to make um, the look of a, you know, a podcast if someone's interviewing me or something, try and, try and make it look, if it's a video podcast as well, try and make it look good. Look, I'll acknowledge the audio listeners, and this is the irony of everything, is that most people listen to podcasts still, and I'm not even looking at you. I'm looking at the damn camera. If I look at you, I've got to turn this way. And so there's still some fakery happening, but this is the kind of, you know, I was just thinking as you were speaking, like we're bouncing light off the walls. What are we doing? We're kind of like recreating something pleasant to look at, right? Yeah. And- And it just kind of makes me think like, well, why do we like that? And I mean, as a filmmaker, you will have a specific or maybe some ideas around why even please the eyes? What's the Mm. point? You know, is it that? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Like, what's the point? Because the way I consume podcasts is audio. Um, But even like when I think about a lot of the YouTube that I quote unquote watch, I actually just listen to it. I actually hit play like it's a podcast and I don't watch it because it's normally them just talking to camera, um, you know, without that many visual aids necessarily. And so it's like, okay, well, I can just listen to that. And that's fine. I think it's more just, it's all about layers. Filmmaking is about layers. Filmmakers, filmmaking is about going up to layers. As you improve your craft, you add another layer to your craft. You add another level of detail. And so I think for, you know, why make it better? It's like, it's just another layer. I don't expect anyone to look at it, but if you do, it's going to be good. Um, and it's just that extra layer uh, you can present. Um, should you should it be... Uh, required or should it be enjoyed potentially um then you can 
you can add that layer. So I think it's something about that. Mm, I wonder why, like layers is quite often comes up in our creative space, right? Think about like um, an image in Photoshop and the hierarchy mm. of, you know, you might have a transparent something and that needs to sit at the top or sit behind. And sometimes I sit there and I think, Actually, layers are everywhere. There's layers to fitness. There's layers to happiness. Yeah. There's layers yeah. to meaning. But it's almost like we don't give a crap about layers. We need to talk about it in something else. I heard, um, and I don't know where it comes from. It sits in my subconscious. But there was these um, uh, these people talking about shapes, right? And shapes go together. Have you ever heard of? Is it the Mandelbroth set? I have not. It? It's like a it's a pretty wacky thing. It's, 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 they show this like um, image and you can zoom in. It's um, sorry. I'll, I'll explain it a different way. Imagine like a silver fern um, sitting in the bush mm-hmm. and it looks like a silver fern. When you look at it, the leaf looks like a smaller version of it. The bit within the leaf looks like a smaller version of it. And it's like infinity itself. Mm-hmm. So that's not layers. Because I think we think about layers like, you know, the crust of the earth or something like that. Yeah. Now, I wonder if it's like mean, it's supposed to be meaningless when we talk about layers because we can't see down the earth. Like everyone knows, well, I don't know if everyone knows, but (laughs) at the middle of the earth is supposed to be like a core, right? Mm -hmm. But who the hell cares whatever else layers you got like the core and then we care about the surface. And Mm. I just wonder if there's a deeper conversation there. Maybe I'm pushing it, but who cares? We're allowed to push it. Where if we think about things in terms of shapes, you know, um, and I don't, even, I don't even really know what that means, but maybe something like when we build Lego as kids, I've been watching my little three-year-old play. And like, as she gets a bit older, the horse she plays with sits on a higher block, you know? That's not, well, I guess it is levels, isn't it? If we look at a building, but they're more like building blocks and shapes. And yeah, I think I just blew my own mind guy. Maybe I'll have to (laughs) have a lie down, but I don't know. I've just been thinking about like visually and the question that I kind of pondered with you is, well, why make it look pleasant? And it must be that, well, because we like to look at nice things. And then why do. do we like to look at nice things? Because yeah, I guess like in a, in a real basic scenario for humanity, if you like didn't, well, first of all, it got dark maybe in ancient times, right? Or probably still places in the world now where when it gets dark, that's the light gone. So you can't even see. So the, the actual physical idea of the sun coming up and you being able to see would be pleasant and very meaningful, right, bro? Yeah. 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 No, look, I, I think um, a lot of this stuff, like when we talk about labs, people really don't think about that sort of thing. And most people don't really care if it's part of your craft, it's your job to care. Um, And so I think that I think about this all the time, the amount of effort that I put in to get this light right, or to get this, you know, shadow falling off the side of a face or to get this one line, just perfect that the actor has said one time. So I use that, little section of that take along with five other takes to get the perfect take. I think about this, that most people won't care at all. Right. But as you, as the, as the craftsman, as the artist, as the person 
that's sort of driving the ship to to care. Um, but it's also everything uh, like if you strip back those layers, it, it doesn't take long till you get that the audio quality is not very good and the image looks really tough to look at. It's hard to look at. It's kind of painful uh, for us to see something, you know, that it's aesthetically very dark and grainy and we can't really, all that sort of thing. We're only a few degrees away from that if we don't add those layers. And it's those layers that sort of make up the whole, the whole being the complete well-executed thing, start removing those layers while they seem meaningless, you know, and we don't consider them. They're actually vital to making, especially in filmmaking, to to try and bring as many layers as you can to make it to make it good but i think that's true that's true of fitness you can, mm. you can you, like you said you can apply it to so many different things is that you know if you want to apply it to fitness it's like for you it's breathing techniques if you didn't do those breath what what do i care i'm just breathing i'm in and out i'm just trying to, i'm sucking air right but to you you add that layer of breathing technique suddenly you're exercising better because of that Right. Whereas I'm exercising worse because I'm ignoring that layer. Um, and there's, and, or, you know, I'm training in a certain way. I'm moving my muscles in a certain way, which is more difficult. That's the extra layer to do the correct form. You can do it worse and get less results um, because you're not exercising that muscle as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's all over the place. This, this kind of concept that seems kind of arbitrary sometimes and, not noticeable and meaningless, but it's all of those things that make up the good execution of something. There's something well executed, whatever that may be. There's two kind of ironies here. One is that if you do all of those things, the person watching or listening shouldn't notice. That's right. That's that's weird. Like, sorry, <laughs> but that's weird, right? It like, is. It is. Um, that you will only notice the further, let's say, the less attention to the layers. Yeah. And that's different to physical. Or the worse layers. you do them, the worse you do them, yeah. they'll be paid more attention to. That's know? right. Like like a, in a movie when we say that sucked because you there was probably a series of things that pulled you out. You know, you maybe notice something or, yeah. you know, the story yeah. didn't help you stay in that. Um, what's that Dick Donner? word verisimilitude you know like it was real and um and and i just find it really interesting that the more layers you put together the more of a magic trick it becomes especially in this visual world and like what what even to make of that you know it's actually a horrible industry if you think about it because the yeah your job is to make it seem like that person arrived to that level of beauty or insight on their own. That's right. You've technically (laughs) guided them there the whole way, which is like, which is, which is actually weird. And secondary to that, I wonder if we, and maybe we ask this question to you and I, can you substitute putting layers into this stuff, what we're doing and it not actually being, in what you need it to in real life and i mean we probably think of those examples of you know there's the dude sitting in mum's basement on his computer and you know yeah or or the people who are like instagram famous and making those posts that make everything look beautiful and and pleasing and layer gamers on fire 
but the truth isn't that. And yeah, it just makes me wonder like, what the hell? What a weird, we're just weird, aren't we? We're weird how we incentivize things and that. I mean, we should yeah. just be talking about the creative pursuit, but it's like, it feels like to me, it's a substitute. You know, it's a substitute for something, but I don't know what. I don't know. What do you get when you're thinking of an idea? Why keep chasing trying to make films? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a question that I ask myself quite frequently. <laughs> like, what's the point? Um, and the answer is there is no point because there's really no point to doing anything right in terms of the big scheme of things the point is whatever value you place you personally place on it you internally have placed upon that thing so um and you're finding sort of enjoyment happiness satisfaction from that your personal investment in that thing so for me as a filmmaker um uh i'm you, everyone needs a cause. Everyone needs something to work towards. If we have everything, we're not happy. If we achieve our goal, we get to that goal and go, oh, what's next? I need another goal. So we all need things to work towards and we all need a sort of, uh, it's not a hobby. We all need something to invest our personal selves in. And obviously for me, that is, um, filmmaking and sort of and that sort of thing but if you took it away it doesn't nothing happens mm -hmm. you know I, I don't necessarily I haven't necessarily brought any more value to the world through the, these contributions of film um, my stories just don't exist within that realm um, and it doesn't really mean anything but it's the personal value that I've assigned in my life. I put a great personal value on telling my stories and filmmaking and sharing my myself in that way. And so that's, that's the, the value I, I, I've assigned a part of my personal identity to this thing as we do, as many of us do to something. Um, and, Without, if you took that away, you're taking away something of your per, your own personal identity in a way that would be negative for you as you as you continue to live so on. You laid out a couple different themes there, and one of mm. them is like, you know, well, I guess it didn't include this idea of where many people would maybe see their content as you know changing the world or. Or you know, like guiding a narrative, or even like pushing ideology, or some, whatever mm. that means, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think though that, like, would that represent, let's say, Guy Pigden, um, international filmmaker, you know, budgets like Taika? Mm. Would do you think you'd sit here and say that to me? now like <laughs> is you um, know or or does that change where you've got that responsibility of crafting the narrative of you yeah, know towing the yeah, line yeah. to producers i mean uh, it's an interesting question it's an interesting thing to consider it's hard for me to say because i haven't been in that position but i do think that like even 
you know, the greatest artists are forgotten, you know, within the space of, you know, 50 or a hundred years after their death. And, and so it's like their work didn't really exist, you know, um, when they created it. So I do think like, even, you know, from my films and especially my most recent film, Older, I've actually got a lot of pe- people reach out to me and say, man, I, this film really resonated with me. This film really spoke to me and thank you uh, for telling the story, which is, you know, something that I hadn't necessarily experienced before and something that I'm very like humbled and grateful that that has had, you know, that I've created that feeling and people, because that is your kind of goal as a storyteller. But I think that sometimes the goal of, is, is, they start off very lofty when you're a kid of like, yeah, I'm going to change the world through the stories I tell. And the reality is, you know, very few stories really do that. A lot of stories entertain the world um, when they are told, mm-hmm. but that's, and that is an important function. We all need to be entertained and we all need to be engaged. I think through storytelling, whether that's podcast narrative, you know, whether that's films, whether that's television, whether that's, Art. We all need to be engaged and, you know, continue to tell our stories. That's all very important. But, um, you know, I think that just as I've gotten older, it's like, I don't know if anything that I ever make will change the world uh, or, you know, in, like have enough influence that to, you know, and I, I don't even necessarily think art should be about necessarily, you know, you want to have the freedom to tell stories that have do not represent you in any way. Um, uh, but, but that's carry on. Yeah. But that's, uh, sort of, I guess a little bit different, um, to really, you know, changing the world as a whole. And so I think that, you know, what we can hope for is to more to entertain people. And if you are so fortunate, to make one of these life-changing, you know, things for someone that's awesome for more people. Great. But um, I think you have to be, be, your goals have to be orientated towards what you get out of it, as opposed to what you hope it will do um, because you just don't know. That could be like, instead of change the world through telling stories or storytelling, it could yeah. be change my world through storytelling, which is probably why I think if I mm. look through the you know lens of podcasting, my world's been um, hugely affected by it, and it's hard yeah. to pinpoint it because we might say, "Show me it," <laughs> you know, "Show me yeah. the stats" or "Show yeah. me the money." But if I think about things like my network or just even the skill of being able to like, you know process what's happening right now looking into a camera i'm not actually yeah. looking at you but i have to look at you and pretend i'm looking at you and yeah. that all has to register as a non-threat you know yeah. and like and also like maybe the toolkit of being able to even like we said you know put the lights and cameras up and have an idea of mm. what that would mean and and that's kind of like all before you'd get on the mic and even right. talk and i think you know, that's why, like, um, lately I've been thinking about um, the government's got, like, two, 
let's say for the mental health crisis, right? I think we can safely say there's a mental health crisis in New Zealand and worldwide. Yep. There's something we're doing and it's like probably like a layer or like these shapes. There's enough of these things that have layered to create this weight on people, right? Not physical weight, but mental weight. And it's probably a mixture of too much of something and not enough of something else. So even probably us, like we're getting too much stimulation through visual and audio base where it should be from a bit more from nature. Yeah. But anyway, um, I've been thinking about what the government has put out. So they've got two therapies, right. For people with, um, you know, who really hit the wall and it's like one is medically. So you can go and get SSRIs and all of that kind of stuff. The other one is what they call talk therapy, but I still don't know what they mean. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a stickler like that. I, I, I need to understand what you mean when you say it, you know, it's why mm. I'm not a huge fan of words like meditation and mindfulness or happiness. Cause what do you mean? You know, if yeah. you say that, and it's too hard to break down because as the world likes to remind us, there's a spectrum of everything, right? Yes. And we have to kind of self-identify our place on it and be put on it too, you know, and not just by ourselves, but others and beyond. And so, and there's a weird thing too, where the world records itself, you know, we're recording ourselves and how does that stuff all hold up 300 and something podcasts and, and, you know, who knows really until the algorithms go through and they do go through, you know, they go through it on, especially on YouTube and stuff like that. Right. They listen for words, I actually, um, side note, put on a Google Meet um, meeting and you can turn on subtitles and it tracks you in real time and it does a good job. And I was like, wow, that's pretty intense because the level of understanding it needs to have, especially for something like a sundry concept like the New Zealand accent, it still works, you know, the ums, uh, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, you know, but it works, it it picks it up for the most part. But um, this idea of talk therapy, I thought could be what we're doing, you know? Oh, 100%. Talking Uh, it out. Podcasting is 100% talk therapy, Mm. I think, for a lot of people, not just you and I talking, but for those who are listening, and I think that going back to what we just talked about in terms of stories changing the world and all that sort of thing and what you hope to do, I think that it actually this is a great example of the value in podcasting and then the value of, of, of art and filmmaking and all that stuff is not in telling a story that changes the world, but in telling a story that gives you a different perspective mm. and what is fascinating about when I watch movies, this always from someone else's perspective, not my own, obviously. And so that different perspective gives us a greater understanding and sense of the world around us as do these conversations, because we now get to, you get to see my perspective, I get to see yours, and those perspectives help inform our thinking going forward and our empathy and understanding of other people, which is kind of, very crucial um, to uh, living a good life, I think. So, um, yeah, those that perspective thing is maybe a much better way to to look at the storytelling. As I hope it gives some other people perspective on on my experience, whatever that is, even if that experience is, you know, <laughs> a zombie comedy. 
<laughs> you know, or whatever it is, you know, whatever that may be, um, you know, it's just that's what's so refreshing and about good art is it's uh it's a it's a different perspective. Mm. What's the um what's the elevator pitch for older, which people can download or actually stream on Amazon Prime, right? That's right. It's free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. Uh, and if you just go to oldermovie.com, you can see all the links for it and everything like that. The elevator pitches. Um, well, I'm so terrible at this because Practice. I've had to do so many of these and I've just kind of, and I just still can't remember what I say, but what I say is that it it's a real life romantic drama. So if you, watch romantic comedies and you don't really like them um then this film shows you that those romantic relationships in a more realistic and true to life way and so what i was looking for is to create an honest and raw exploration of relationships in a very much a real life way so when you watch a romantic comedy and go ah oh, that would have never happened like that well this is hopefully where you go, oh, that's actually much closer to my or someone I know's experience. And and that's what I wanted to, that's the perspective that I wanted to put forward and and what I wanted to, I guess, mirror back, reflect back at at, at people. Like uh like 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 the truth or a version of the truth that That's right. Yeah, look, mo- movies are about a lot. A lot of times, movies are about escapism, and and that's good too. We need escapism. I mean, we're on lockdown right now. I can do with some a healthy dose of escapism. Um, however, real life is also important, and that, that that sort of those real experiences. Because if we just watch escapism, uh, if that's all we consume, then we start believing that in our life it's going to be like that. Um, and so you need a balance of looking at stuff that is more grounded in reality and go, okay, well, that's how it could actually be, as opposed to these sort of, yeah, overly romanticized versions of uh, what love is. And so that's really where I was coming from with, with older. Um, is it a bit ironic that you've got a film called Older and you're probably a bit older? Then when you got into this game, yeah, like thinking about, I don't know, like uh, maybe you can relate to this. Someone said to me not long ago, hey, man, looks like everything's going well. Mm. You know, you got the blah, Mm. blah happening and that's happening. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, it was also about the skipping. Someone said, oh, you look so happy doing it. And you must be, um, must be awesome. And I'm like, Mm. well, it doesn't feel like that. No, <laughs> it doesn't feel like that because I just make it through every time. Yeah. yeah, I panic that there might be a still frame where my mouth slips open because I'm trying really hard to just breathe through my nose. Right, and yeah. and that you can be called out and and it starts compiling too. Like I hurt my knee, and so I'm like, shit, I got eighty days to go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be jumping up giant, and down on my knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. Yeah. Why the hell would you put it out online? Why not just skip a hundred days? Cause you can, you know, that's the drama yeah. we get ourselves into. And, you know, um, I said to the guy, I said, no, nah, man, you got it. He said, you look so happy. You must be. And I said, no, I think you've got it all wrong, but 
see the magic trick worked. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it because, yeah, we fall into that. I think you subconsciously fall into the trap of just trying to make it all add up. But if how it kind of ties to being older is if you, mm. when I first met you, must have been closer to 10 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, uh, probably seven years ago, maybe. Yeah, what seven? was two, 2013? Is that when we first met? Well, I think I so. Because that my was when My was, Kiwi Life came out. My head, it was 2015. When we okay, might have been that. Okay. So let's say over five years ago, which in yep. today's money is basically 20 years. Yep. Um, but if we had said that in the short period of time, five to mm. seven years, we will have all of this stuff. You would yeah. actually think, oh my gosh, I won't need anything else. You know, yeah. it'll be yeah. it'll be epic. You've got a raft of cameras to yeah. at your disposal now, you know? Yeah. In fact, you've got cameras that shoot such good quality that your problem becomes storage. Yes. Not a not a problem back in the day. Or no. less of a problem. We would Much have talked about it as a problem, yeah. but it's like there's this weird dynamic where I think we've got to work harder, and maybe that's what I've been trying to explore on my podcast, is you've got to work harder to find solutions to meaning in a moment, you know? Mm. And that's real hard to do. That's real hard to do. And I think that's where... You know, I, I said to you before we started recording, I um, caught a little bit of your Guy and Harley podcast, and and I think Harley was Harley, who's your co-host and um, longtime collaborator um, in the Pigville area, Pigville Productions. Is that right? Yep, that's the yep. one. And you know, you guys go back and forth and yarn, and um, it's good stuff. But it was this little conversation about uh, religion and and the role of I guess connection through church, you know. Yes. I said to you off here that um Harley was talking about, oh man, that's the thing that uh let's just say non-religious believers, if, if I you know, yeah. crudely lump everyone together, miss out is because there's this kind of well, unwritten rule that we'll catch up on a Sunday if we're churchgoers and yeah, we won't just pray, but we'll get all of the other awesome benefits that we've been talking about in terms of beauty and you know meaning and you know seeing nice things and even like people dressed up nicely as they would do in a film set you know if that mm. was called for on a scene and I, I i don't know where you guys went with that chat but i was quite struck with um yeah we've kind of regardless where you sit on everything we look through things as we do today you know and we're like all right, I'm heading that direction. And I think it takes a bit of guts and balls to actually say, is it the right way? And I often have these chats with you, right? Are we yeah. doing it? Are we going forward in the right way? You know, arguably yeah. us collaborating just in lots of dialogue has led to, you know, us taking a bit more control, say, over the space we record in. Yeah. I'm not, you know, probably five years ago, we would both agree someone else hosting a space half as good as this stuff would be a great idea. And we just turn up, <laughs> yes. you know, 
But now I guess there's an understanding that, you know, like if you build it, they'll come. There's nothing more kind of religious than that, right? <laughs> That's right. And yeah. So, build yeah. a place of worship and they'll come. What's um, the difference and with what we're doing though? Oh, well, it's a, sure it's we heat. just, when, well, but there, there is and there isn't though, because, you know, the way, you know, people use religion to assign meaning in their life. I use filmmaking to assign meaning in my life. Mm. And, you know, people choose a pursuit that they are. So maybe it's becoming a great athlete. Maybe it's becoming, maybe it's becoming uh, uh, incredibly rich. Uh, that's what, or an, an entrepreneur or whatever, but they assign some type of meaning that is not religion in the place of religion, just like some people assign being uh, very, a devout religious person in much the same way. And then they are fulfilled in that way. Um, so there are a lot of similarities. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure how that thought goes any further than that. I just, you know, I think for us, our conversation, Harley and I's conversation was that, yeah, <laughs> essentially non-religious people didn't get that sense of community because the whole idea is what's the point of building the community because the thing that the community is built upon does not exist. Um, and therefore, you know, so there's less of a, you know, there is no Sunday, Sunday church because there's no church. Um, and then there's no like specific reason to all <laughs> hang out on a Sunday. Um, and so you don't. Um, and so, yeah, that was the the sort of the conversation there. What do you make of that? I mean, I don't know what to make of that. I can t somehow tie it in my mind to the pursuit of creativity. Yeah, because we might as well. Like, it feels to me like there's some summoning of something, right? Like the idea of a pie or whatever. Let's just say that's not in the religious context, in the storytelling concept, right? older for example mm. you're asking people or encouraging them or a mixture to believe that that thing happening there is true and to invest in it and, and to you know maybe not change the world but you laid it out right that i want to make it as if it could be true or yeah. at least not a lie you know something yeah. like that 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 it's not Greece at the end where they're driving off into the sky and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, you know, where it's like, yeah. okay, here there's a twist here and there, but in essence, the essence is true. Yes. I wonder if that's like, like if you were a God, that would be how I would plan it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be true until we come together and enact it. Yeah. And it's like, it's actually way easier for me. It's not way easier, but I would say there's a case where it would be easier to do that on Sunday at church than to sit down and try and believe that the Netflix, the amount of layers you need for Netflix or anyone for you to do your job and make me believe that that's true. Mm. I think it's way harder. <laughs> You've got to like, there's way more, um, reasons sure. not to believe as opposed well, to this yeah. other thing which you can't see feel or touch but but there's something that it creates the yeah. the, the community the glue and and that's what i've the, been grappling with and i don't know what to do with that bro you know 
but I think that the difference there is, yeah, I'm saying like, I want you to believe in this thing that I've sort of manufactured and religion may be saying the same thing, but the difference is religion has uh, a group of uh, people that are ready verify that for you and validate that for you. Um, so when you walk into a, a movie experience that you want to invest in, um, and I say, I want you to believe in the story, you know, you don't necessarily look to someone else and they go, everything checks out, mate. Uh, so take a seat. Uh, more likely you'll look to your the, the person beside you and they're mucking about on their phone or something. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's, it's that community. It's that same thing, right? Like if there's a whole restaurant full of people and one person starts being rude at their table, right? There's a very high chance that everyone else will do nothing. But if one person goes, hey, you know, what you're doing is inappropriate there, then everyone else will also stand up and go, yes, we don't appreciate what you're doing here. It's the community kind of spurs the movement and the community engages. And so, you know, if I am feeling uh, skeptical about my beliefs, my religious beliefs, so I'm feeling skeptical, but I go home and I sit down with my mum, my dad, my sister, my brother, and they're all talking about their religion and, and what they can do for it and how much they believe in it. Suddenly, my skepticism is the thing that I question as opposed to their investment. And suddenly I go, oh, well, I guess I've, these are the people I care about and love and they're, that, they're believing and they're investing in this. So I guess it's okay. I have permission to, to do the same thing. I have permission to, to believe as well, even if there's something at the back of my mind that's saying, hang on a second, I'm not quite buying into all this. And it's that, it's that same thing Whereas, yeah, we can't kind of, it's harder to get there, but, you know, maybe ask a group of, of Star Wars fans to believe that the next Star Wars movie is going to be good and that they have to go to it and they have to see it five times and they have to dress up as their favorite characters. That's not so hard, you know, anymore. Mm. So, yeah. I also wonder when you were talking, what popped in my mind was, I wonder if that, exact model that you laid out mm. for religion is like a film crew in a way it is yes. because you probably know like and we've talked offline about the dramas you had with i survived the zombie holocaust yeah right yeah and there must have been people which helped keep your faith if you like and yes. i'm sorry to like bring this no into no zone, oh 100 but but I, i'm trying really hard to not be a know-all you know and yep. i've spent my whole life knowing not that much so i'm also aware that it's not that cool for us to talk in 10 more years about this when we're nearly 50 right it's like yep. we can talk a little bit deeply and hopefully it's interesting for people but yeah like that idea of you know guy pigged in having tough time the film's doing good in some areas the film's challenging you turn to your pal why should we keep going, you know? Yeah. So I think there's a few things there. 
it's the it's the faith and conviction of your leader, mm. <laughs> right? In both instances, right? Whoever that is. So if that that's your director, so it's them. So obviously, yeah, there's uh, you know, everyone looks up to that person. And if that person doesn't look too worried about this latest disaster that's happened, we all look to each other and go, okay, I guess it's not that big a disaster. He must have a plan of how he's gonna sort of navigate that issue. And it is, but it is also the same if, you know, let's play the devil's advocate for a second here. Um, you have within this film crew, a bunch of people going, I don't think Guy is doing his job. He doesn't know what he's, I think he's, he doesn't know what he's doing his job. There's two ways it could go. The, that rest of that community goes, oh no, he's, he's, he's got it covered. You know, I think you have got it wrong. And in which case, you know, that community supports that that the you know the leader that person or they all go yeah i think you might be right <laughs> um and so and that's when you have a, a mutiny and and in fact you know i was faced with that exact issue and i was very fortunate that you know i would say 90 percent of the crew trusted me and were invested in me so those few sort of dissenters that could have you know, created the uh, a whole uh, a sort of a complete shutdown of the film were were the ones that were ostracized as opposed to me. Um, but you know, we don't believe in this guy, <laughs> but, but, and it's the but it's also the same thing in religion. Well, maybe we we hey guys, we don't really believe in this anymore. We well, we're not really sure we should be, you know, looking to this person as our leader. Uh, all right, well you're out. <laughs> You know, you're ostracized from this community now. So there's some parallels there for sure. Yeah, man. Look, it's um, fascinating, right? It's fascinating yeah. to know what to do with all this stuff. And I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't personally, I don't personally really have an uh, a best guess. You know, I kind mm. of feel like it's well, the world, like you said even like Marlon Brando or people before that, you know, great artists and mm. they just life carries on. And there's something right. like really brutal about that, but something yeah. kind of cool too that. Yeah. Life is for the living. That's right. It's a little bit simple and you know, you got to just find the groove and whether or not you can is another challenge or whether or not you'll realize if you are in it, that's the big one. eh? that's the big one that, I think it got, um, I was trying to articulate it with, you know, like I do with many things to look at the really crazy side of things, you know, like mm. listening to a podcast with a lady who escaped North Korea. Mm -hmm. And basically one of the things that she was saying was they didn't even know that it used to be different. Yeah. That's pretty hefty, you know, yeah. to know is one thing to not know means that yeah you don't know and i mean we kind of maybe reach a little bit of that if you go back a couple of generations our grandparents or maybe their parents were you know involved with wars and um different to us you know yes and now we have to kind of take the essence of that and whatever that freedom is and you know we have some challenges while well, this pandemic right it, it's not obvious how it will play out for us mentally, physically. No. Um, 
I'm well, physically not very good because uh, <laughs> judging by my eating habits and exercise habits on lockdown. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but um, you know, I guess the pursuit goes on, right? The pursuit of trying yes. to understand goes on, and uh, what a lucky thing we found ourselves in in terms of the podcast space, right? Where you can oh, chat 100%. to people and have like this neutral zone where Incredibly valuable. I can have whoever I want to come and join me. Well, pretty much whoever I want until they're on a list of don't talk to those people, you know? Yeah. Um, and maybe one day we'll find our way on there. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you don't know how all this pans out in life, do we? Because no. at some point we might be the, the hero or the, the anti-hero or the, you know, right. the villain. Um, yeah, man. Hey, um, talk to me quickly about... Uh, your YouTube channel. So you went pretty aggressive at setting yeah. up this YouTube channel, um, the savage filmmaker, like, I guess you're in the thick of it now trying to build a subscription base and learn how yeah. the algorithm works. Like, uh, yeah. What's your pitch on that? Is that a bit easier to pitch than the films that you make? Uh, well, so I think I, already have a youtube channel can we pause just for a second sure um just so i let my dog out dog yeah go, going crazy go. just give me one second and yep. i'll come back That's no a- sweat no sweat i'll probably just leave it in too lazy to edit so that's all right this is the beauty of um of podcasting guys see guy this is verisimilitude this is verisimilitude I was just saying, guy, this is verisimilitude. I'm not cutting it out. You have to let your dog go for a wee. <laughs> this makes it true. Okay. I'm just going to leave the door open as well so she can just wander back in. But she was just so sorry. Back to the uh, back to the YouTube. So I have always been interested, especially recently, with the idea of I've got all this knowledge. I have been making movies for 20 years now, just about. Well, yes, for 20 years, actually slightly longer. Um, if you consider my first short film was when I was 16. So I have been making movies for over 20 years now. And I've been making movies a certain way, which is indie, independent, low budget, micro budget, um, you know, being in like, how can you make the most of what you have when what you have is not very much? And what are the best ways to do that? Um, and I feel like I have an incredible amount of knowledge that I can pass on to people. However, people like, and it's not that I don't do the occasional workshop here and there, but to me, it seems that some people put much a much lower value on that type of knowledge than getting a very successful director in to talk about the Hollywood movie they've just directed. And for me, and this has been true in my real life as well, is of course I like to hear about how successful people doing really successful things are interesting, but I've always been more interested in how successful people things did things when they weren't successful, right? How they did things when they didn't have all those resources and tools available to them. Because that's the easy part. Once you get to that stage, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it is much easier to make a film, you know, for $20 million than it is to make a film for 10,000. 
and that's you know that's not to say that it's that's not to trivialize the 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 levels of difficulty but it, that's just that's just facts that's just a matter of time and resources and what you have access to and so i've always been a little bit frustrated that i haven't been asked more about my experience because i feel like i can bring a lot of value to everyone that is starting out on their filmmaking journey because the first 5 or 10 years you're not going to be making hollywood movies and the way that technology is going the reality is yep. that you're going to be getting stuck in and doing it yourself um and the tools the tools that are now available to us make that um that that much more of a reality than it was even when i started and so i want to kind of help people level up and help people d- make less mistakes than i did so hopefully they can get further along in their filmmaking journey in a fraction of the time um and so that's kind of what the youtube channel is about that's that's what i'm trying to do as as sort of teach people about filmmaking now to be honest it has also spiraled into you know breakdowns of gear that is used and sort of more technical stuff which i guess the nerdier side of me appreciates because i look at these things because again i want to make educated decisions on on what i do when i make purchases to create these movies um and so that's really where the idea come from came from and so what i'm trying to do on the channel is trying to get that all up and running but i'm all, i am and i i don't want to say that it's a purely selfless um uh you know investment of time because it's not i hope to get a lot out of it too i hope to um like sort of get value if i provide value to people then hopefully that will encourage them to look at my work and invest in my work and also create uh, some courses around, you know, which you and I have also discussed courses around this stuff that, you know, people actually also pay for along with all the, the free um, nuggets of information and, and free tutorials and all that sort of thing. And then that is a way that it also beca- can become a sort of a viable business. Yeah. And so, you know, that is one side of it. And that's kind of the initial things. I do love learning new things. And I'm kind of addicted to like working in the space, trying something different. So when I make a movie, what gets me excited about making a movie, especially nowadays is like, you know, okay, first I was super excited to make a feature film. Okay. I made a couple of those. I was super excited to make a horror film. All right. I made one of those. I was super excited to tell a love story, romance, super real life, completely the opposite of my first film. Okay. I did that. I wanted to make a documentary. Okay. I've just done that. I'm in the process of just finishing that up. Um, I like trying new things. I want to make a found footage horror film because I've never ever filmed in a found footage format. And the challenge of making that scary is exciting to me because I I'm all the tools that I would normally have to make something scary are removed, editing, cutting um, music. They're all taken away. And so now I have to think, way differently and use a different part of my brain um, to figure out uh, how I can still hit those notes. And um, so with the YouTube thing, it's exciting to me um, and engaging to me to go, okay, you, you have all this knowledge, you want to get it out in the world, but 
you're competing with the rest of YouTube, however million, however million millions of hours that is, and all the other creators on it. Um, so you know the, the algorithm, you know thumbnail creation, marketing, all that sort of strategic side of it is also quite fascinating to me in a way that I didn't necessarily think that it would be when I started. And um, I'm still very much in the, the the start of my YouTube journey, but like a couple of the sort of the the touch tones that I've um, sort of thought about is my first goal of obviously was get to 4,000 watch hours and a thousand subscribers, uh, which is the, which is when you can start putting ads on your YouTube and, and it becomes monetized. So you start making money from those ads. And I've now, uh, I guess just about uh, a month ago, just under a month ago, I have achieved that first goal. Um, so the next goal is to, you know, kind of continue to build and create. And now I'm thinking about 5,000 subscribers. I'm not looking to make any viral videos or anything like that. And I'm not even looking to maybe, you know, normally the first thing you do when you create these channels is go, Hey mom, um, can you subscribe to my channel? Hey, all my friends on Facebook, all, um, you know, 2000 friends I have on Facebook. Here's my channel. I want you to subscribe to it because I actually, I want people that want to learn about this stuff to be my subscribers, because then I know that those subscribers are really people that are invested in what I'm trying to share and and help educate them with, as opposed to my friends just doing it. That's just a false number. They're never ever going to look at the channel. They don't care about, you know, (laughs) this piece of camera gear or how I, put together this edit or anything like that. They just did it to to be supportive and be a good friend. And so I've purposely not sort of, I guess, do what I normally do when I create something, which is go, hey, everybody, uh, can check this out. Please, you know, like it and share it and do all those good things. Um, I haven't, I've, haven't done any of that because what I want is to bring in different people and engage with a, a different audience, I suppose. Um, and then obviously there will be some people that migrate over and, you know, will be interested in it and awesome. If, uh, but so that's the sort of, I guess, community and channel I'm trying to create. And I'm very excited, I guess, with my next goal is it's not so much the, the financial reward of it, but I would love to, for instance, be able to uh, farm out the editing side of it because that's the part that I'm not a huge fan of, um, but it's also the most consuming part of any type of creation, any type of video work really. Um, and, and it's just the same in, in the YouTube space, the, the edits are what sort of, I think, you know, drain your energy a little bit. Um, and, and so, you know, one of my next goals is obviously try and build the subscribers to, to 5,000. I'm at, you know, 1,100 now. That's taken me about four to five months. I think that's good progress. And another one of the goals is, if you know, like this YouTube is a experiment. It's also something that I can help teach with my digital media and design course because this is social media marketing. This is social media marketing 101. YouTube is something that a lot of um, students and kids are interested in as a viable career, and it is a viable career for people. I'm not really thinking about it as a, a career for me, but I am excited by the possibility of how it can facilitate my other work. And it also keeps me sharp because it keeps me making things. It keeps me shooting things. It keeps me writing things. Um, and it keeps me like 
yeah, like that short is that that sword is sharpened at all times because I just shot, you know, something for it yesterday. I just did the setup for it. I just did a tutorial on lighting. And so now I'm lighting things well because I'm thinking about it. Um, I just, you know, broke down, you know, like it, it, I found that it's taught me a lot of things because it's like, okay. And I, uh, my girlfriend or him, Heather, she'll get angry at me. So I better mention that she helps me with my thumbnails, but also I did a lot of my own thumbnails. So that made me learn more about how to create thumbnails in Photoshop and learn some more skills in Photoshop that I didn't have. And it's the same. I'm now sort of embracing a new uh, editing software because I'm doing a lot more editing, but also I'm looking at alternatives for people on my channel to hopefully provide them some reasons why they might try the software. And so I have to learn that software and all of that is, is very good for me just personally to keep my sort of filmmaking skills um, up to snuff as we, as we go forward. So that's the savage filmmaker uh, on YouTube. If anyone is interested. Uh, yeah. I love that. I love how you just went on like a 20 minute pitch. Sorry. No, no, it's great because you didn't do that for your film <laughs> but no. it could be that it's just more present at the moment but i also well, get a feeling that there's something that we've been talking about here where there's a little bit more of a transfer of less of a magic trick you know yeah where it's more practical i think that's the bit that that excites me too and where it comes to that thing like talk therapy there's a shot here that we might make a huge splash in an area we didn't start out in pursuit of. Mm. And even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter because that would be a nice revelation and a gift that, you know, and maybe an idea that it's worth going down a journey. Cause you know, we yeah. talk a lot. Why, why, why? And I think you yeah. can't really answer those, but there's something deep built in us, which is like, well, you, Let's see where we get to. And I think the bit people get confused about is what's worth taking a voyage on, you know? Oh, I think yes. this stuff is. Yeah. Because 100% it's good agreed. fun. And it is good fun. You know, I've enjoyed years of talking to people and trying to do my yeah. side to hold it up. And like you said, man, I can't wait to farm out editing. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. The amount of work I'm going to put on someone to say, cut me these little <laughs> clips. Yeah. Like even the fact that I'd love someone to go through and pick five of the best bits of this mm. and then here's a template yep. and dice it up and pump yep. it out and put a $100 boost on each and let's get some rocking and rolling, you know? Yeah. Let's create a bit of a wave and um you know maybe that's just like well yeah, go keep keep going, keep going and I think it's worth it, you know. Um I was I wasn't sure what to do in this rendition rendition what's that word yeah rendition of the podcast yeah the lockdowns you know oh the lockdown because right. i think a lot of i don't mean to say i'm ahead of it but i recognize a lot of my friends are activating in this space this lockdown but i activated in that space last lockdown me too yeah you know, i brought too. a lot of terrorist negotiators because i could feel that what's happening this time people mm. are going to lose their shit because yep. you can't, it's an isolation torture technique, you know, it is. And you, you are enacting that on some version of the pop, well, 
some areas of the population. Yeah, some parts of the population for sure. And and yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So this time I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I thought, well, if I'm going to get out in the shed and I made, kind of made a promise that I wouldn't do these, you know, it would be in person, but we can't. So maybe mm. it's just nice ways to catch up with friends, but to have like a public private chat, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Hey, um, I want to just uh, kind of close it up here, but I want to give a quick plug. I've been trying to push a little bit my Patreon page. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that you can support on Patreon and, like five or 10 bucks a month. And that goes towards podcast, you know, stuff here. It didn't for this month, it went towards these um, socks that <laughs> have little shoes <laughs> bits on the bottom. And I thought that'd be epic for skipping because who doesn't want to put socks on to go do skipping, you know, but, yeah. but um, I wondered guy, if we could kind of wrap this chat up, but do maybe a five or 10 minute little exclusive chat for Patreon. Would you be open to that? Be happy to. Awesome, man. So look, just give us a couple uh, for those who are just going to wrap it up here. Um, what's a couple easy places people can follow your story? Yeah, easiest place um, is probably to find uh, my movie, older, oldermovie.com. Um, so if you just type that in, it's got links to all the ways that you can watch the film. Um, if you would like to uh, check that out, if you want to learn more about filmmaking and that type of thing and that side of it and the process of the creation of it, then you can find me on YouTube. If you just write in the savage filmmaker, uh, I'm the only the savage filmmaker on YouTube. Um, so those are your two good places, but you can also find me on Instagram at Guy Pigden. And uh, I think uh yeah, at Guy Pigden on Twitter as well. So I'm very easy to to find. But those are the two places. And also I'd send uh, you to the Pigville Productions um, YouTube channel. If I think if you just type in Pigville Productions on YouTube, you'll also find our other channel, which has a lot of our content on there as well in terms of our shorts and shorter and web series and, and films that we've done. So that's also worth checking out. And Final one, sorry. Well, as your eyes glaze over, um, the Guy and Harley podcast, where we do our own podcast. So um, it's it's we we don't dig quite as deep as as you. Uh, it's it's more you do uh, just, just differently. It's just a banter between friends, but uh, you know we we do have some interesting conversations. We just have a lot of fun, so it's uh, we're trying to be lighthearted and and entertaining and. Uh, you know, and keeping everyone um, sort of updated about what's going on over here. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, bro, for this, you know, mutual interest area that we're in and um, looking forward to, you know, continuing on this voyage wherever, wherever we end up. It's great to be here with you, mate. Holding my head again Making my way through crowded thoughts Sometimes it's hard to get out of it Broke my heart in the dark I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the messes Down on my knees Thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes you're stronger alone Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror 
I find one. Oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off. When I fall down 11, I get up 12. Don't need nobody else. Yeah, I can save myself. Got burned, but I learned. Our scars make us who we are. Now I'm ten feet tall over my demons. Remind me no one's got me like myself. Yeah, I love me without any help. I'm the best thing to believe in. So I'm bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning. Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror. I find one, oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off, when I fall down a As heavy as a season And the sun is always right behind the storm 